Awesome. Welcome back to Agency Journey. Uh, my name is Gray McKenzie from Zempilot. I'll be your host today. But really, the voice who you want to listen to primarily is, is my friend Kenny Lang, who is on. Kenny uh, has a cool story. We've been swimming in the same agency circles um, for a while, so I'm sure it will be familiar to some of you who are, who are listening. Um, but now he's on a track. I've also been doing a series here around EOS and the impact that's had on agencies and what are the pros and cons and ups and downs and um, all the things EOS. So I wanted to bring Kenny on and talk about um, this newer program called System and Soul. And so we'll dig into all that. But Kenny, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for being here. Thanks for having me, Gray. I'm excited. Yeah, well, uh, I'm I'm so pumped to get into this. Let's... Um, Give people kind of the quick context. How do I place Kenny? Like, what's the the you know the thirty second, sixty second story of here is my agency experience and how did you get into what you're doing now? Yeah, so I I think I have a similar story to a lot of other uh, agency owners, which is I'm an accidental agency owner, um, and so uh, started an agency because you know my family needed to eat. I was <laughs> I was hungry too. <laughs> Um, and I just hadn't found the thing that clicked for me and, but I was a nerd and I had an eye for design and I didn't mind writing and I was already starting to blog myself and I thought, well, what if other people paid me to do it? Um, so, uh, 2015, uh, launched my, my own agency, um, found the, the HubSpot partner, uh, community and, and opportunity very quickly. Um, and it lined right up and, and stayed a part of it and grew the agency um, up until um, spring um, of 2020. And that's when um, made the decision. I finalized the sale of the agency to, uh, to a larger partner, a friend of mine that had been um, in contact that we had a lot of similarities, um, but had really both gotten tired of trying to be agency owners by ourselves. Um, and not seeing our kids and, and wives and things like that. And so we, we decided a, a teaming up was good and, and stayed with them for, for two years. So all in all spent, um, you know, the last seven years of my life in the agency world. And then what is, so you had some EOS experience. I was just telling mm-hmm. guy at a time, like you found an email from us back in 2018, talking about implementing um, you were just starting down this, the path of self-implementation at your first agency, mm-hmm. and then you, know, you had kind of a second experience in it. But uh, today, like, maybe, and maybe this is, let's just start with kind of what's the profile of what you do on a day-to-day basis, and let's get into what is System and Soul versus EOS. Yeah. So day to day, um, uh, I'm, I'm a system and soul certified coach. And so I'm, I'm helping companies, uh, implement the, the framework. And obviously there's a multitude of reasons why somebody is looking for any kind of business framework, um, and then narrow it down to those that feel like system and soul is a fit. I also help companies with, um, uh, psychological safety. Um, and implementing that. So if they want their DEI initiatives to stick or they're just looking for a more high-performance, more innovative culture because they saw Google did a study and said, psychological safety seems cool. Let's just do the next cool thing. Um, But um, certified there in helping companies. So really a lot of it's about um, helping companies um, hold space to create growth um, that sticks um, but is also people-centric. Yeah. So I'm on the FAQ page 
right now, which for anybody's curious, Kenny Lang is K-E-N-N-Y-L-A-N-G-E.com. Um, and we'll talk about this health score then. But I think kind of the like you you said the word framework. So what is S2? And in this bucket of hey, for folks who've been listening to this, we've talked a lot about the entrepreneurial operating system. Hmm. Um and what's what's the genesis of S2 and and what does it look like to implement this in an agency? Right. Well, I'm glad you mentioned you're looking at my website. I wanted to make sure like I know what I said on that <laughs> space. Um, but S2, um, which is the abbreviation, so Entrepreneurial Operating System has EOS, System and Soul has S2. So if I say that, that's what I'm talking about. Um, it originated um, as sort of uh, that, that December, January of 2020, 2021. So, you know, it's, it's coming up on, on a two-year anniversary here. Uh, it really emerged um, not too dissimilar from the way EOS emerged from the the legacy of you you've got like scaling up with Vern Harnish um, four disciplines of execution have been around for a while I don't know if people would consider that a codified framework um, and then you get the Rockefeller habits and things like that so it's sort of it's in that same lineage and really evolved because of the time that. Um, Benj Miller and, and Chris White, who are the co-founders, had spent time as implementers and saw things missing from the implementation, but also just the requests they had gotten from their clients. I mean, Chris was one of the first 30 EOS implementers, like learned it from Gino Wickman and, and some Chicago hotel ballroom sort of thing. Um, and so there's just certain patterns they noticed that were missing and they just said, Hey, you know, we, we like a lot of what's here. The systems are great, but the thing we keep hearing is we really need something that's a little bit more people focused, um, helps develop leadership as opposed to just weeding out who's, who's not a great fit. Um, what if we built something that evolved? And so, you know, what they, what, what they would tell you is that this is really the business framework for the next generation. What does so being more people focused is like in the if you look at any of the S two stuff, um, that's the messaging that's gone hard. You know, there's a, a, a number of different things that will be differentiators. Well, actually, maybe, maybe if I back up from that, let's talk. Let's. I want to go the opposite direction and then come back to it. But just for people who are not familiar, I want to go with like what's similar. So I look at it. It says, you know, hey, we've got an organizational assessment, which is now called a. Um, yeah, we we've got it on here is the 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 health score uh, page. Yeah, the S two diagnostic. Yeah, um, we've got in terms of the process. You know, here's the here's the way that we get um, organizational health is broken into six key components again. And you've yeah. got probably shudder that I'm even saying like six key components. I probably can't even use the US language here, but. We've got. I can go get my binder. I've got it in the closet. Okay, just in case anybody's wondering if I'm just like a an S two fanboy who never experienced EOS. I have the binder, the books. I have a lot of orange, just so that we're clear. <laughs> we got the same, or you know, it's very similar. Um, three phases got building out vision, and then quarterly sessions, and then two days. Mm-hmm. Like, you look at it on paper, and you're like, oh, this is you know clearly the EOS model revisited. Uh, or with mm-hmm. a, with a, with a new coat of paint, so I think yeah. just to to set that to set that first that like hey there's a bunch of stuff 
that's similar between the two. And feel free to call out anything that I missed that you're like, hey, this is the other stuff that EOS got right. But how do yeah. we, what does that like, hey, we're more people centric or focused on leadership development, like how does that play out tactically or practically? Yeah. And that's a great question. And it, it's something that, that all of us um, coaches bump into um, with some with some regularity, right? Because um, EOS is really having a, a day in the sun. You know, it's the the classic um, work hard for twenty years and suddenly you're an overnight sensation sort of thing. Um, so you know they're building, and that, I think that's great. I mean, they're helping. It helped me, and and it's helped a bunch of other businesses. I think a lot of the things they got right were were some of the things that I don't even um, think that were unique to EOS, they just, Gino just codified it and then promoted the absolute mess out of it. So they were the most recognizable about doing things on a quarterly rhythm. Well, the, the EOS didn't invent that, right? Like that's existed and exists in a myriad of systems and tools and processes and recommendations. Um, I think the way in which you implement a system or a framework, I think they it definitely got right is they start, you know, in EOS, you start with traction, right? In your in your focus days, and then you you move on and, and you start working on the vision and building your VTO. Um, I think producing movement and then adding vision to it was spot on. It it is way different than everybody else who wants to get pie in the sky, it appeases the visionary. Um, and then, but nothing really happens. It creates doubt. So there's all these downsides. So I think that that's spot on, um, getting, uh, an org, you know, we call it an org chart. Um, EOS calls it an accountability chart, but starting with that to really understand the structure and making that a living document, as opposed to basically some ugly Microsoft, uh, flow chart with people's faces of who reports to who and who's, who's the, the head honcho at the top of the pyramid. Um, I think that's a terrible use of it, you know? So either way, accountability chart, org chart, you're in, you're in good company. You're in a good mix there. Um, assigning scores, scoreboards, dashboards, that's classic business. Like any business worth its salt um, is is looking at numbers on a regular basis. And hopefully it's not just revenue and P&L and a balance sheet because by that time, you know, stuff is already off the rails if that's what you're looking at as your indicator, right? So I think a lot of the systems side, they got right. Now for, you know, whether it was for, you want to say trademark reasons um, or there are some, some subtle differences, um, there are some, some, there are a lot of similarities. I won't deny that. Um, and that's some of what I like. I, it, I, nobody in the system and soul community says, you know, is, is turned into, um, uh, Bobby Boucher's mom and says that, you know, EOS is the devil. Like it's not that it's, this is a great place to start, but we saw a gap and we're evolving from it. And somebody's going to come along, see what S2 is doing you know, probably be a coach for a little while and then maybe they see a gap in what we're missing and then evolve. There's going to be an evolution. This is not the end all be all. And so I think that there are some subtle pieces inside of the systems piece that we kept that were slightly modified to really focus on people, like in the org chart where we add in the actual specific KPIs and something uh, we call just a mission and use a tool called Commander's Intent. Um, the weekly sync, which would sort of 
you know, line up with your, your level 10 meetings holds a little bit more space at the beginning for people to really connect with one another um, and drive core values down into the organization every time they're getting together. Um, personally, I find the structure of objectives, maybe it's not as human-centered, but I, um, from a, hey, this is friendly to all the people in the company, I found its structure so much more helpful. Um, and actually, when we implemented this at the um, the last agency I was at, we saw an, an increase in completion percentages when we switched from um, building or creating rocks every quarter to creating objectives. Um, so there's some subtle differences there, and then we can get into the whole soul of like, you know, what's your identity? There's not much that really deals with identity, and, and I know people will argue with me about the go-to-market piece on the, on the BTO, but I've used it, and I've used the identity piece, and I can tell you it's, it's night and day, and that's not just unique to my experience. I want to dig into that next, but um, so S2 has a, a software platform, S2 Sync. Yep. Uh, which is, you know, EOS is now building out their EOS 1 platform. United, you know, yep. Everywhere. We're trying to do it. Um, obviously, you're way more valuable if there's a, as, a, as an entity, if there's a software yeah. component. Um, and then maybe this is a question you can't answer, so I can just speculate on it. But I'm always curious when I see stuff like this, how much of this is a framework around like a fancy way to try and sell software? And create a substantial recurring revenue base by creating a methodology and you know, almost a religion yeah. around it in order to sell to sell software, um, which is kind of a funny place. But what is t- tied to that? What is the business model? Because you mentioned you know US has gone down this franchise route. Every mm-hmm. uh, implementer is a is a franchisee. What's the S two structure for how these coaches relate to the parent org? Yeah. Um, another, another great question there. Uh, I'll, I'll address the software piece, um, just briefly is it, if it were, if the people at the, at the top or the middle, you know, Chris and, and Benj, and then they have their, their operator, operator equals integrator, um, in our world, um, McKinsey and, and a lot of those people, I would, I would go along with you and say, yeah, I think it was, uh, you know, write a book, write a thing to sell this other thing. It's really just marketing to sell more of that. Right. It's, um, I think if it were any other people, I think that that would be the case. I I think they saw the need for software to complement because there are some particulars about it that don't make sense. Also 90 who, you know, a lot of people are familiar with Benj and Chris co-founded 90 right so it's like they saw the need for software even when they weren't the originators of the the methodology they saw like hey we've tried keeping track of this on on sheets of paper um for those of us who like to live in the 90s i guess um and then there's there's all these other things so i i think the software helps in terms of clarity you can create your own um you know i, I know like Asana has its own like OKRs um, type of uh, framework. I think ClickUp has um, some templates and things that are very friendly towards um, goals, planning OKRs and structures that could hold it and you could sort of build it yourself. But it can be pretty painful. So not a lot of people want to put in the effort. So from that standpoint, see where you're coming from, but I don't think that that is the case, but maybe, you know, listeners think I'm biased. Yeah. 
Um, but your um your follow up, and I just uh I want to be honest, around, I just blanked on it around the coaches, the 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 coaches. Yeah, so everybody is on their on their own. So it's not it's not a franchise model. We we technically it's not even um you know you said that the the parent company I get where you're coming from, but it's it's not a parent child company relationship either. So like my my coaching practice, Kenny Lane Coaching, stands on its own. Is it it's its own entity? I utilize the tool of system and soul in my practice, but like I it was also you know uh, mentioning before. I also use a tool called, you know, the four stages of psychological safety and, you know, eyeballing predictive index and some other things because, you know, one of the benefits of system and soul is we can bring other tools to the table to help. We're not locked into a, a 20 tool tool toolbox. Um, there is a benefit to simplicity to only having 20 tools in your toolbox. I get it. Um, but as new research comes out, like six types of working genius just got released. We have a partnership with the table group. We have, we've integrated working genius into our software. We've also integrated predictable success with the leadership styles of visionary operator processor synergist. For those of you, if you haven't checked that out, it's super, super cool. If you, if you're nerdy about these sort of things, but we've been able to integrate those things and find other tools to bring to the table but the coaches have the freedom to bring anything else um, that they want to bring as well because at the end of the day, it's not about buying a, a platform, a framework off the shelf, right? If that's all you want, then I don't matter. As a coach, as an implementer, I don't matter. If you're buying the framework, you just, you're buying a commodity. If that's what you want is an, an orange binder or a blue book, okay, hats off to you. But then I, I cease to be a value add in the relationship and there's no real incentive for me to be my own coach. And that's what I really love is I also have the opportunity to hone my craft as a coach who's charged with bringing a tool to bear, but also bringing out the best of my clients so they connect with it. Because, you know, once I'm gone, whether at the end of the session, end of a year, end of the relationship, it's that leadership team's business. It's that owner's business. They're the ones left with it, not me. So I would rather than buy a service from someone I would compare it to say a carpenter, right? Hmm. Like, are you going out and saying like, hey, what, what kind of saw do you use? You know, and nails and a hammer. Well, did you create that hammer? Did you create that saw? No, but I'm a darn good practitioner with it. I know how to use it. I mean, if you gave me a, a hammer, some nails, and a saw, um, there's a good chance I'm going to the ER. But there are master craftsmen out there who you you give them a you know a few you know a couple of two by fours and and those same materials, and you've got like a nice gazebo or something like that, right? You know, they're uh, like a, a MacGyver. You know, make a bomb out of Bisquick sort of thing. You know, tools make a difference in different hands. And that's part of the, uh, the value prop is the screening process, certification, and then how do you go out into the world? So I try to oversimplify for people who are familiar with like the HubSpot ecosystem. Is it more like that relationship? Obviously, it's not just a software. There's a methodology there, but uh, two separate businesses. You pay, you know, as a coach, you pay an annual licensing fee back to S2 to continue using tools, have ongoing cert certification, something like that. 
Yeah, yeah. So tools, support, um, the the coach community is is fantastic. It it really does. Um, I I know you you get this because you've been part of the the community longer than I have. Is you know that HubSpot partner ecosystem is is a phenomenal. It is so unique what HubSpot has built in that community. Because I've been you know just like you and and Andrew have is part of a bunch of different partner programs and hat you know the vast majority of them are just like here's an affiliate link if you come across somebody who kind of likes our stuff and you want to make a buck here you go and it wasn't really engaged um it is far more that model of like okay you are serving our end users if it's going to be better than if they went on it by themselves because you know we have a like a, a self-guided version of system and soul you can pay some money go through the videos it's you know like hubspot academy on steroids um sort of thing but at the end of the day the stickiness came when partners got involved right with hubspot that's what they found and then that's why you know that channel now i think it's some i, I don't remember yeah. the last metric accounts for like half their revenue yeah, yeah. Crazy. So I want to go back to the identity thing that you mentioned before. Can we talk a little bit more about um, what that's like? Uh, and it, we can approach from either side. Uh, I think part of uh, juxtaposing it to EOS is because that's the framework that people have in mind. Yeah. Um, but there are also some people who are not that familiar with EOS. So just kind of you know, S two standing on its own feet in terms of the identity piece and and what people development should look like in an agency. Yeah. So. And it's so hard in an agency because so many of the the technical skills that once set you apart um, are now commoditized. Um, you can, and uh, there's, you know, a ton of outsourcing overseas. You know, you can get you a, a decent English-speaking graphic designer for or a developer for 15 bucks an hour. Why would they need to come to you and pay your premium blended rate of 150 200 250 an hour right um is really knowing like who are you for so you know part of our our road roadmap is our bto and it's a one pager and we say you know there's there's several components just like a vto has several components but on on the top there's three different pieces that we really consider part of the vision an identity piece, and one of them is something called an onlyness statement. It comes from uh, Marty Newmeyer's uh, book Zag, um, which is a great read if um, if you're looking for some marketing and branding identity stuff. But it really says like, what are we the only at? And that's not necessarily something that that is outward facing. It's internal facing. It's who am I uniquely um, built, designed, called to serve. Who 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 are the people that I I can make a dent in the universe with this people group, and right now I mean agencies you know across the board, but especially I mean uh, I've just seen it more up close in the HubSpot world is well it used to be HubSpot equaled Marketing Hub, well now HubSpot equals CRM C CMS Service Hub. Ops hub, marketing hub, like sales hub, service hub, like, and now you have people who are specializing in just one hub or a combination of two hubs or something like that. So now you're really thinking, and and HubSpot's pushing this too, which I think is smart, is what are you really good at 
and who can you really help, which sort of floats into the hedgehog concept from Jim Collins, Good to Great, Chapter 5 if you're interested. Um, but what could you be the best in the world at? I started my agency doing web design. I would never call myself a graphic designer. I, you know, would either outsource that or, you know, I could, maybe I could, if they weren't wanting to pay a lot, I could do it. And it was simplistic and thank God for Canva. But, um, if, if you have a few things that you are really, really good at, what can you be in the best in the world at? You need some, you are naturally a dominant player at, but then you've got to intersect that with what gets you out of bed in the morning. So that kind of comes back to, I feel like I was naturally good at web design, marketing, some of that stuff, but it wasn't really getting me out of the bed in the morning. What got me out of the bed in the morning were the people in the agency holding to the framework and the systems that helped me unlock what those people actually wanted, you know, the owner included. That got me out of bed. And then I saw like, wait a second, I'm pretty good at this. And oh, people pay for this. So economic engine. So because if you only have two out of those three, it's pretty tough to keep going. Like either you're going to be starving, but joyful, I guess. Um, or you could be rich and miserable. And we've all heard about people who've burned out there. But, you know, when you're an agency owner or any small business owner, you chances are a big part of that reason was you got into business because you wanted the freedom, um, you had some goals, and you probably saw people were already asking you for the kind of help you discovered you could charge money for, and then it just started building from there. What you, in fact, probably feel like now or have felt like you've built is a prison for yourself. And I, I, I want to wage war on that um, because it will. It'll feel like hell. And there's no reason that anybody who had the courage to jump out and start a business, in particular one in the agency world, which now is so tied to overall business growth. It's not just, could you make a website and some really cool marketing things? Cool. Like, it's, um, my business is going down unless you help me generate leads. Um, and I, I want to make sure that those people stay in the fight, um, yeah. because it's really, really hard. And so that's where I think nailing that identity piece and then where you're going by when and why it's important, because you're going to get tired. You're going to get beat up. Um, you know, Mike Tyson, the wise philosopher has <laughs> said, everybody has a plan until they get punched in the face and being a small business owner and being an agency owner is like signing up to be punched in the face every day sometimes. <laughs> That's true. Um, I want to ask you about, doesn't matter how many, one, two, three key things agency owners should be doing to better care for, develop, um, and leverage their team. But, and that that's where we'll wrap up just because we're going to be uh, running out of time here. Sure. But, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to shout that out first to say, hey, get your brain working on that. And while you're chewing on that, I want to point people towards um, the diagnostic, um, the S2 diagnostic for Ori Health Score. And that's at Kenny Lang, again, like with an E at the end, dot com slash health score, which is all one word. Go there, take the free um, assessment, and then obviously get in touch with, with Kenny through the site. Um, and if there's other resources you want to point people toward, towards as well, Kenny, feel free to. But what's what's like the obvious, the low-hanging fruit, the like, dang, I wish we'd done this earlier in our agency here? 
here's here's the stuff that or or the conversely, you know, the stuff that worked really well that seems like, hey, there should be common sense to everybody. It just came naturally to you. Um don't skip out on your one on ones. Though those will do it it's weird because you can't necessarily tie an ROI to it. And I know as as marketers and agency owners and everything, it's KPIs and all this stuff. I mean, I'm sure, you know, Pete at Databox is going to come up with a way to have a a, a metric for, for this. Um, but I, I don't skip on those. Maintain them. Um, and that, that's a key piece of, that we teach is one-on-ones and those, and those quarterly conversations sort of things to where we have what we call healthy fit conversations. Um, and, um, and if anybody's interested, I'm, I'm happy to send over a, a free sort of like one pager on some questions and a structure there, but it makes such a huge difference. It's what I think allowed me to punch above my weight was that I got in the dirt and stayed connected with my people every other week. They were having a one-on-one with me and it was maybe 30 minutes. I was asking what brings you energy? What robs your energy? And here's a, here's a big one. If anybody's daring enough and I don't pat myself on the back because it scared the crap out of me when I uh, asked it, which is, um, uh, what do you know about me that I don't, but I should. Yeah. So like ask that question and get the feedback and then don't just take it in, but act on it. You will, it, it, inspire a loyalty you didn't know was possible when you start doing that as a leader, whether you're the owner, whether you're running ops or, or something else. Um, that's huge. The other thing I would say, and this is specific to, um, our, our visionary and owner friends, um, people may not do as well as you want them to right out of the gate. They will catch up, um, but get you a number two. You need that pairing. It will make all the difference in the world. And I'm not saying that every every success at the last agency it was mine by no means. I mean, I made plenty of mistakes. We could fill up hours on on my mistakes. But over the course of time, we nearly doubled revenue. And and we that and we functioned as a one and a two. And it was, you know, it was tough on both of us, but it ended up producing things that were better and so make the transition from being founder led to leadership team led and you'll build a business that doesn't always need you if you want to exit it's far more valuable if it runs on a system than on your personality um and ultimately you're going to be more profitable yeah i want to um i want to impress i said this is going to be the last one and and this 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 will be but the one-on-one so eos has uh, the five, 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 the, the quarterly conversation you were talking about, how you fit with core values, the roles of responsibilities, rocks. Um, but for most kind of mature orgs running on EOS, the default recommendation is hey, you don't need one-on-ones on top of that. You may need ad hoc meetings, but you want to push as many of those conversations as can happen towards your L10s, have as much stuff as can go public, you know, public facing. Uh, but it sounds like the recommendation is no, actually you still want bi-weekly one-on-ones with full-time folks, obviously part-time. People might look less frequent or whatever, but yeah. and, and quarterly conversations. Is that accurate? Yeah, I, and I wouldn't say bi-weekly is a sacred cow either, right? Like fig- figure that part out, but 
if the only time you're really understanding and talking about how somebody really is is quarterly, it's way infrequent. And yes, I know weekly syncs or level 10s or things like that are meant for uh, as a place to be open and honest. But what I have witnessed is, number one, people say that they want radical candor and open, honest communication in a group setting. But the fact of the matter is most people find it jarring and it takes them a while to adjust. We had people freak out at the agency because of how open and honest several of us that got comfortable quickly were being. It, it, I'm, I'm talking a year minimum to get comfortable. And even then not super people are wired differently. Like I'll share anything, but it's because I know I can argue and debate with a fence post if I need to. And, but there are a lot of people who they will not open up unless you put in the one on one time. I mean, you, I, I know people may be uncomfortable with this, but think of it like a marriage. If you were only ever, or, or even dating, if you only ever talk to that person, in a group setting, how well do you think you're actually going to know them as opposed to one-on-one, it's you and me, I get to ask you questions, I get to keep following up, and we're going to go deeper. So there's there's a depth there that can be achieved. And when you do that, when you're the leader, now you start to understand what motivates them, what scares them, and how you can best help them because leadership is not a one-size-fits-all game. I know we all want it to be because that maximizes efficiency. Um, but this is not about being efficient. It's about being effective because you have to remember at the end of the day, that person will move on or the, to another job or they go home to a spouse and kids or friends or whatever it is. They're a person. And what you did in the business that day probably won't be remembered, but the relationship will and your impact on that person will and you are playing for your reputation that will outlast your own life. And if you play that way, you will win. You may not make the most money, but I guarantee you, you will be a winner and you will touch more lives that way. Yeah. It's a great place to wrap up. Hey, thanks for coming on. Um, point of people's website. Anywhere else you want to you point people? Yeah, um, I would also, I'd love to connect with anybody on on LinkedIn. So I know it's got his little, you know, slashes and stuff. I don't know why they put that I in slash again, but um, I am Kenny Lang. I did stake my claim on my own name there. So I'm always excited and happy to brag about that. But um, would love to connect with anybody on LinkedIn and um, connect with me on the website. Um, I'm happy to answer any questions, comparisons, or, or just you know, listen if you need a safe place to, to process your wild and crazy ideas without upsetting your team. Please just let me know how I can serve you. Awesome. Well, thanks for coming on today, Kenny. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me, Gray.